So that is where Pastor Kerry is actually currently heading, is to a summer at Deep Camp. He announced it a couple months ago for people from our congregation to be able to sign up. We have a few people from our congregation being able to go there. This ministry has specifically impacted my life as I went on their kind of um, more extensive program, which is a two and a half month long discipleship program. And so as we kind of kick off with that, and as I kind of kick off with my message, I just want to start us today with some prayer to pray for Pastor Kerry and some members of our congregation who are out there in Colorado, as well as for Pastor Oliver and some more people from our church who are headed to Peru to be able to serve currently. And so if you guys wouldn't mind just bowing your heads with me as we continue to start in prayer. God, we come before you, and we thank you for this opportunity to be able to worship with you today, Lord. I pray for Pastor Kerry and his family, as well as the other families from our church that are headed to Colorado right now, to deepen their relationship with you, Lord. I pray for them that that is exactly what it would be, is it would be a reset for them, that they would continue to learn more about you, to learn about the intimacy with Christ as well, Lord. And I pray for Pastor Oliver as uh, he's headed to Peru to be able to serve, Lord, with other people from our church. God, I pray that you would just keep them in safe travels, that you would allow them to be able to do your will, your work, God, as they continue to serve you, Lord. We thank you for today, and we just thank you just for the things that are going on in our church as well as in our culture and some of the changes and decisions that were made this week, Lord, in terms of just the sanctity of life, God. I pray for today, I pray for this message that we invite your Holy Spirit in this room and that every single person in here would feel your presence and that we would continue to learn about your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the fun fact, if you guys are a little bit newer to the church or maybe you guys have been here for a bit, I have been known as the announcement guy for two and a half years. So, I have been standing up front, awkwardly giving you guys announcements that Pastor Carey usually gives me about 15 minutes beforehand for me to be able to, you know, communicate what is going on in our church. Today, though, I was given about a month and a half to prepare for this message, and so, naturally, I started preparing for it on Thursday. That being said, we're just going to invite the Spirit in, Holy Spirit, during this time, so hopefully he can speak through me, and that we're hearing his word and not necessarily what comes out of my mouth, because, man, I'm just a young pastor here who's still learning how to be able to do this pastoring thing. Anyway, so what I want to talk about today is about full heads and empty hearts. And now some of you guys might look at that and think to yourselves, okay, that's an interesting topic. Where did he be able to come up with that? We're going to go into that a little bit to start with, but with what I was saying with Deep Camp, where Pastor Kerry currently is, it's a part of a ministry called Forge Kingdom Building Ministries. And so I went on a two and a half month long discipleship program with them. It was completely life-changing. It taught me to have my heart on fire and my life on purpose for Christ. And so I was able to learn how to build a deeper relationship with God. I was able to learn what tools I can use to be able to do that. And so today, with them going to Colorado with this same ministry, I felt it put on my heart to be able to share a little bit of what I learned there. The issue with what you're sometimes taught, though, is sometimes you're given all of the tools 
But the actual idea of that relationship and using those tools and that relationship with Christ is hard to take into action. And so naturally, after that two-and-a-half-month-long program, I was on fire for God. But as time went by, those tools were still in my head, but I started to use them less and less. And so it just got me to this point where I started to realize this relationship with God is something that ends up ebbing and flowing. You go through different things in your life that maybe send you further away from God or bring you closer to God. But the reality is, is if you are not intentional about it, then that relationship with God is hard. It's hard to continue to build. It's hard to continue to pursue after. You have to be intentional about it. Now, my entire life, I was taught two things are the most important things. My dad had taught me this, and it was something that I have taken to heart, but also did not fully understand. And the two things that are the most important things in your life is your relationship with God. Man, growing up, I started to learn what that meant. And that is the number one most important thing. But the number two most important thing is your relationship with your spouse or your significant other. I could not relate to that wholly until about a year and a half ago when I got married to Brittany and I learned that, hey, you know, I get this now. The relationship with God affects my relationship with my wife. And then sometimes my relationship with my wife affects my relationship with God. And so I started to learn the the ups and downs of that. And I started to learn when I pulled away from God, somehow, sometimes my relationship with my wife, Brittany, would start to pull away as well. And then we'd have to get, come back and to be able to reset. And I know I've only been married a year and a half, but I've also learned that marriage takes work just like a relationship with God. And so that's been a learning process for me, and it's been exciting. I have an amazingly patient wife who has been patient with me as I learned the difference of being a bachelor to being married. Some men in this room still are learning that too, and so I completely understand that. So thank you for your patience, Brittany. But We are super excited. Brittany and I are actually getting ready to head to Maine for 10 days. And so this is our, well, not our cabin. Her parents have a little cabin. It's really more of a camp. Um, It's like you turn the shower on, you rent yourself, you put soap on, and then you turn it off because you don't have enough water necessarily. Anyway, but it is a beautiful place, and I am so looking forward to tomorrow night. We are heading out to Maine for 10 days. We're going to go up the coast for two of the days, just have some time there on the bay, um, be able to maybe eat some lobster, even though I don't like that, but Brittany does. Um, (laughs) But apparently it's a big thing out in Maine. If you guys haven't had Maine lobster, or maybe you have. Anyway, but we're going to head out there. We're super looking forward to it. Now, when we head out, I kind of was thinking of bringing up this idea to Brittany, right? is it's been a really big push for about a month and a half for us. Well, really, actually three months of just different things going on between work and, um, you know, whether it's church or I, al- I also work uh, locally at a mortuary with my brother-in-law. He kind of tricked me into doing that. That's a whole other story I'll get into later on. But anyway, so we have uh, been pushing really hard to get this done. Brittany started a new job in January, and this is our relief. And so I was thinking, maybe I can go to Brittany and say, hey, look, I have an idea. It's a crazy one, but we're both exhausted. 
And we really both just need a break. We're both looking forward to be able to read books, everything like that. The cabin we're staying in has a couple of rooms. Like, what if we just went on this break to be able to come back together, but like we just slept in different rooms? We're going to get a better night's sleep anyway, <laughs> because I'm not going to snore, and Brittany is a furnace, and so it's just like, we're going to be fine. We're going to get better night's sleep. We'll be rejuvenated, and then we can wake up and kind of do our separate thing, right? Um, you know, I'll go read my book on the front porch. Maybe she's out by the lake, or, you know, maybe, um, you know, we'll, 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 we can go to a lunch together if time warrants, but, you know, sometimes I don't eat lunch. Sometimes she only eats breakfast, and so it's like, well, you know, maybe you can go do the breakfast thing, and I can do that. I mean, wouldn't that be rejuvenating? We just get some personal time to ourselves. It'd be an amazing vacation. If I was to do that, Pastor Trey would be coming to me and saying, hey man, we need to sit down and have some serious marriage counseling going on here. Man, I saw some of you guys shaking your head like, yeah, that sounds good. Maybe you should go talk to Pastor Trey after this and be able to maybe get something arranged out. At the end of the day, that would be absolutely insane if I was to do that to Brittany. And so my question for us today is, why do we do that with God? We go about our day doing the things that we love, the busyness of it. Maybe we get to a vacation point and we go, oh man, just disconnect. And you disconnect full from church, from, you know, your Bible, from anything to be able to just sleep and do that. But you completely forget about your relationship with God. And that is what I want to tag on today. Because I understand. I understand life gets busy. You end up having to do so many different things. But being able to come in and recenter, to be able to focus in on the fact that my relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. Just like you need to continue to work on your relationship with a spouse. What I'm talking about is not just a relationship, it's an intimacy. And intimacy is, is an interesting word because, you know, intimacy is thought of between a husband and wife. They're intimate. You know, you come into that covenant relationship with God, God and you have that intimacy with your wife and it's, you are connected. But we need to have a same intimacy with God. And so I'm going to invite um, Randy Gallardo up here really quickly. So if you guys don't know Randy, he's an awesome guy. He uh, helps to head up our young families group. I asked him last night, hey, I need you to come on stage with me. And he's like, for announcements? And I'm like, no, for the message. <laughs> and he was like, oh, man, okay. <laughs> and so I want to talk about intimacy with God. Now, this is something that I've learned. It's something that I have not perfected, but I want to kind of go throughout things. And so Randy, we're going to do kind of an analogy. Randy is going to represent God or Jesus. He doesn't quite have the beard for Jesus, but I think he's working on it. Um, I don't know if Crystal would still, you know, continue to be married to you if you had a beard, but we'll see. Anyway, so for this purpose, this is not Randy. This is God. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go about my day. I'm going to go about my day 
just kind of doing what my daily things are. I, 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 you know, I work at, at a mortuary. You know, that's what I do full time. I'm here part time. You know, I like to hang out with friends, different things like that. And so I'm going to go about my day, and I want you guys to just kind of bear with me as I go about my day, okay? Maybe a little different. The sound guys, when I told them I was going to do this, were like, you're crazy. And I was like, all right, that's fine. We'll keep, keep going. And so if there's a little feedback, I apologize. But anyway, Randy, we're going to go about the day. You know what to do. I've told you what to do, um, at least this morning, about 10 minutes ago. So we're going to go ahead and go about my day. So I usually wake up in the morning, and when I wake up in the morning, I am usually late to work. You can ask my brother-in-law. I usually come in about 30 minutes late to work, and it's because I didn't quite get up in the morning, so I'm, I'm getting ready. Oh, I got to take the dog out. To, uh, Brit, Brit's awake. She can take the dog out. Okay, I'm driving to work. I'm going to go about my day. I'm going to come to work, and, and I'm there at work, and I'm like, well, this is my wife, but it, it, it still works. So, hi, how are you doing? Like, oh, man, I'm so sorry for your loss in this time. Here's some paperwork to be able to sign. Like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of your family. And so, you know, my work day, it went pretty fast. And so I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going about my day. And I'm going to go around. I'm going to hang out with some friends because I had some coffee with some friends. Hi, Adriana. Like, this is great. I'm, I'm, today went really well. It was super full. It was super busy. But hey, we'll, we should definitely do something more sometime. It was great to have coffee about it. And so we're continuing to go about my day. I'm going to come stop by here, talk to Andrea because she's pretty awesome in this. And so, hi, how are you doing? Uh, time to get home. Time to get home. We're going to go home, head home. Oh, man, you know what? I'm just going to watch some TV because TV is so much easier to do. You know, I can just relax. I can do that. Oh, and then, oh, okay, okay. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and go to bed. It's late. Go to bed. Head down. Let's get ready for bed. Oh, you're still there. This is awkward. Um, Yeah, it was a busy day. I'm sorry I didn't really talk to you much. Um. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe tomorrow will be better. Randy, you guys go ahead and stand over here when I'm ready for you again. How often do we go about our day? We say that we're a Christian. We hold that to a high astute. We say that we're a Christian, but when we walk about our day, when we go about our busy day, it isn't until we get to the end of it that we turn around and go, oh, God, you're still there. It is so easy to do. I find myself even currently fighting it. I fight this constantly of I have busy things going on. I work a full-time job and a part-time job, and I have family life. I don't even have kids yet, and I find myself having a hard time carving out time for God. And so when I get to the end of my day, I step back and I have a sigh of relief, and then I turn around and realize God was there following me the entire time. He was present with me. He was there. He was there to help me. But instead, I chose to do things myself. It takes an active mind to be able to recognize it and to be able to continue to keep God at the forefront of your mind through everything. As I was preparing for my message today, that was one of the things that I found hard. It was because I realized, man, maybe I fell away from that. And it's not just the idea of in every conversation you have. It's the idea of being in constant conversation with God and constant prayer with God. 
A conversation with God is not just from the time you say, dear Lord, in a prayer to the time you say, amen. A conversation with God is a time from when you wake up in the morning to your driving to work. He hears you. You don't have to finish in Jesus' name, amen, to finish a conversation with God. He's always there. He's always hand in hand with you. And so today, I'm going to go through my day a little bit different with Randy. Oh, God, sorry. And so instead of having him follow me, we're going to go hand in hand, arm in arm, throughout our day. So I'm going to wake up in the morning, and I'm awake in the morning, and guys, I'm still late to work. Just because I'm walking out with God does not mean I'm not going to end up being late to work. Things still happen. So I'm late to work. Oh, man, I got to take my dog out. Oh, you know what? Britt's up. I woke her up because she had to take the dog out. Hey, Britt, can we just take 30 seconds? That's all I really have. Let's just pray for today. God, I pray for today. I hope everything goes well. I pray for Brittany's day. I hope it goes smoothly. Lord, just help, help us to have a good day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Okay, we're going to go. I got ready. We're driving to work. Oh, man, there's an ambulance going by. God, I just I, I pray that that would be okay. I'm going to get to work. I'm, I'm not going to sit down because Randy doesn't have a seat. Anyway, so I'm at work. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm going to be praying for you. This family may not be a Christian family, but, you know, maybe that's just just there. You leave it there. They, they usually are okay with it. Then we're going to continue to go about our day, end of the day, you know. Um, going to go hang out with Adriana. Adriana, how have you been doing? I had a busy day today, but I just want to see how you've been doing. Can there, is there anything that I can pray for you about? Anything that's going on in your life that I can help you out with? Okay, I got to get going. Um, we should definitely still hang out, though. All right, so God, just, just can you just help Adrian? I don't know fully what's going on in her life and stuff. Um, um, oh, Angela, like I hope everything's going well with you guys. We'll be praying. This is this is God. He he's a great guy. You should really hang out with him more. I know you lead worship on Sundays, but you know, arm in arm. You know. All right, we're gonna go home. You know, yeah, I really, it's a full day, but I just want to maybe still watch some TV. But you know what? Let's just spend some time in the Word. It's just, just five minutes. That's not that much time. Spend some time in the Word. Okay, the day comes to a close. Hey, Britt, it's been great. I haven't seen you all day. How did your day go? Anything happen? Can we just finish our day in prayer before we go ahead and head to bed? In Jesus' name, amen. Then we head to bed. Thank you, Randy. Everyone give Randy a head. He had no idea what was coming on. I, used, I did that analogy a few years ago when I was running youth ministry up in Big Bear, and um, I was in a lot better shape. I ran around a lot more. <laughs> and today I was like, I don't have my inhaler, so I can't do that. Anyway, walking your life out with God is simple. You don't have to be some massively outward Christian that's making everybody feel awkward or condemning them with every conversation. It can just be a light that is gleaming from you in that. And so maybe you get there. You think you get there by learning the information. I could have gone around, gone about my day, and spouted off information about Christianity. I could have told people the right way to do things. I could have, you know, told Adriana a Bible verse for her to read in. But at the end of the day, God's plan is not that we are mere information brokers. And so the idea that we just have the information, we give it to people. Maybe you have some more formal Bible education, like me or Pastor Kerry, who has his doctorate, um, 
you know, maybe that's the information you're coming from. Maybe you've been in the Christian church a long time. But the idea of having a full head but empty heart is not God's plan. And so in that, what I try to do is to be able to combat that. Combat that idea of, hey, I know what Christianity is. I know how I'm supposed to be following God. I know what's going on around me. I know, I, I know, I know, I know. But this is what I have to ask, my, ask myself and pray to God every day. Psalm 139, 23 through 24 says this, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We must ask God to search our hearts, to search our intentions for why we are doing the things that we are doing. Are we doing them because they're just the things that we've been taught our entire lives? Are we doing them because we think, yeah, it's the right thing to do, but I just, you know, what's going on there? And so we must ask God to search our hearts in that moment. And so I want to flip this. And I want to say, we need to have empty heads and full hearts. Now, that doesn't fully make sense. Are you telling me to be dumb? Are you telling me not to read my Bible? Not necessarily. But Isaiah 29, 13 states this. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. And so what I'm saying when I say to have an empty head is for you to forget the just traditions of Christianity for one second that you've been taught. Because oftentimes we can get all in our head and Christianity is just about what we know. But that is not what God wants for us. God wants for that personal heart relationship with him. He wants us to have an intimate relationship with him. Now, don't go out after this and send Pastor Carrie an email and said, Zach told us to forget all of our Bible verses, to not, you know, think about anything that you've ever taught us, but to just forget it all. Because if that happens, then not only is Pastor Carrie going to come to me and lose, and I'm going to end up losing my job, but Dave Gilmore over there, who's the district superintendent, is going to come to me and say, I'm sorry, son, but you are no longer going to be able to be a pastor. So, so. I need to correct that statement of empty heads and full hearts. And you're like, Zach, you're contradicting yourself. This is not how speaking goes. But just wait, I'm kind of getting there. You'll somewhat understand what's coming. And so what I want to push for you guys to do is to have full minds and full hearts. Now, this is where it gets difficult. Because you don't want to get too much in your head that you're not able to have that intimate relationship. But what you need to do is you need to let your heart for Christ, 
your heart to be the reason that you desire to learn. The reason that you desire to come to church on a Sunday. The reason that you desire to open your Bible in the morning. The reason that you desire to do everything. Because the reality is, is yes, when we are a Christian, we invite the Holy Spirit into our heart and he lives through us. That light shines through us. But we have to acknowledge that we are also sinful by nature. And so we can go around thinking that whatever our heart feels is the best way to go. But that sinful nature ends up creeping in. And so in that sinful nature, we come back, we step back, and we realize we end up getting this misconstrued version of Christianity. And we don't want that misconstrued version of Christianity. Because then that turns into the culture's version of Christianity. What's going on around us? And so we allow the Bible to be the book that we follow, the thing that answers our questions so that we can learn God's personality. God's personality from the Old Testament branching into the New Testament to the New Covenant to Him sending Christ to die on the cross for us. Everything in between that goes along with that and we learn God's personality. We learn His character. So we know when we are feeling something that it is not just our sinful nature that we're feeling one way or the other, but it's the Holy Spirit urging us one way or the other. And we know the differentiate between that because we know what God's character is. And so when we know God's character, it just merges well, so we need to have full minds and full hearts. When we have full minds and full hearts, we can continue to pursue everything. That's a lot of work, and it's a continuous process, and it's an up and down. But having the knowledge and being able to come and reset is something that is very important in that. I want to go a step further, though. And so now that we have full hearts, or full minds and full hearts, those hearts need to maintain to be on fire And we need to put our lives on purpose for Christ. We have all this information in our heads. We have a heart for God. And I don't know if you guys have ever, you know, been around somebody, you know, had a privilege of even sitting down with somebody and allowing God to lead them to the Lord through you, or whether, uh, you know, you yourself a new believer and you're just trying to figure out this new life. But man, that is one of my most exciting things to see as a new believer because of the fire that they have for God. And it's not just a fire for them. They, they want to set the world ablaze. And so they start asking all these questions with all of their friends and everything like that. And so they start to build these relationships with people and they start to kind of test some boundaries in that. But it's that idea of that fire that's inside of them. Their lives are on purpose for the kingdom of God. And so lives on purpose for God is not just saying, hey, you guys need to go on a mission trip. Hey, we really need some children's workers. No, life on purpose for God is in your day-to-day walk with God. Just like I walked around with Randy, just like we kind of, you know, went about our day, it's a little bit different. 
Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 says this, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We need to walk in the way of love. We need to love everyone around us in every situation that we're doing. We need to follow God's example, and God's ultimate example was him sending his son to the earth to show us his example. Jesus was a carpenter. He went around, you know, when he did work, he did, you know, he went and he wasn't just in the churches, he was on the streets. He was in the communities. He was talking to the people who were lesser. And so we need to live our hearts on purpose, or hearts on fire, lives on purpose for God. But it is hard. It's hard when you go throughout your daily life to be able to do that. I mentioned, you know, that my brother-in-law kind of tricked me into working at the mortuary with him. Um, it started out in the peak of COVID. He's like, hey, come help me build things. He knew I was good with my hands. And then kind of went from there to um, I, this last month, I started there full time. And then I'm still here, some part time stuff. But um, one of the things that I, I, I get the joys of doing is it is a family business. And so I get to be a part of a family business. It's similar to our farm back in Indiana. I got to be a part of a family business, building that up. Anyway, in that part of the family business, I, you know, am looking to increase business, to build the business up. I want to partner with Josh. He put in really the, the hardest legwork of everything, but, um, you know, I'm there to be able to be a support to him, to be able to help, and I want things to continue to grow. And so we have different staff people. Um, you know, I, I specifically work with making arrangements with families when they have a loved one who have passed. Um, and so I will sit down with them, plan their services, everything like that. And then we have some people who work the services for us. Um, we're very blessed. A lot of our staff is actually fellow believers. Um, specifically, a lot of our staff is actually pastors as well, or former pastors. And so um, it's a really great environment, but we don't just serve Christian families. And so oftentimes I get my business hat on, and I say to myself, hey, we need to continue to grow this business. And so in this particular situation, I was serving a uh, Muslim family, and they were having a service going on. And this is, I have to be honest, this is literally one of the hardest things about my weeks, my months and stuff, is to be able to go into, you know, an arrangement with a family and to sit down with them and to know, you know, that they're not in an eternity of heaven. That's hard. That's hard. And it's, you know, with different religions or maybe they have no religion, whatever it might be, it, that is a hard thing to do. But my business hat's on, so I want to, you know, put my best foot forward and, you know, make sure that I'm still taking care of them because there's still people, they're still grieving, and maybe, you know, we, we put a little uh, grief counseling card in there and stuff, so maybe they'll be able to go, go to that. But this particular family that I was serving, um, we had a service going on for them, and it was uh, a pretty large service, and one of our workers, um, he's a great guy, uh, he serves locally in his church, everything like that, and I'm sitting in, in uh, my office, and I'm hearing um, just kind of a conversation going on between one of our workers and this Muslim family, and I'm hearing him talk about God, 
And I'm literally sitting there like, oh my gosh, do you not understand the differentiates between, you know, the, the two faiths? Like, you're, this family's going to end up, like, writing us a bad review. They're going to be really upset. They're never going to come back, and we're going to be labeled as the mortuary that only serves Christian families. It's like, no, we want to be able to serve multiple people. We want to be able to reach and help out multiple people. Like, that's the goal. That's the whole thing of, you know, being a family-owned and operated place. Like, we don't want to isolate ourselves. I have my business hat on. And then he goes a step further, and he goes, can I pray for you? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is it. This is it. I'm going to end up getting a complaint. I'm going to have to go and just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take over from here. Like, you're good to go. And then I hear this family say, well, I don't believe what you believe, but I would really appreciate if we could pray to your God. All right, business hat off, pastor hat on. Oh my gosh. I literally tell people to walk their lives out day by day with God, and here I am being upset about one of the employees talking to somebody about God. And so I find myself switching these hats, and it's like, man, how do I relate to people if I can't even myself get my heart around this? I love God. I have the knowledge of these things. I went to Bible college, took Bible classes, and I am sitting here getting upset about this because I thought it could hurt a family business. The prayer went fine, and everything was okay. Family never complained. I doubt the family came to church. But they got prayed for. And I think to myself, in situations for us, our everyday life, we don't just have our business hat on or our pastor hat on, or if you're not a pastor, just your Christian hat on. They're one and the same. And it convicted me because I'm like, man, I have, my heart is on fire for God, but my life is not on purpose for him. I'm not living it out for him. I'm switching back and forth between two things. And so it convicted me a lot. And so every day I I challenge myself with that now. Which hat am I going to wear? The solution to that is not which hat are you going to wear. It's are you going to live your life for God in every situation that you're going to do? Because the only hat that we should be wearing is that of our faith, of our heart, of the Holy Spirit gleaming from us in every single situation. And so that has been my prayer to God. In closing here, I will all invite the worship team to come back up. But that is what we need to push towards, is to be able to, in every situation, in our time with God, to allow him into our businesses, to allow him into our job. And maybe, yeah, it's not the thing at the forefront of everything that you do, but it is on your mind. Maybe you have a contractor who's coming over to work on your house. Have you ever thought to ask that contractor when you're finished, you know, and paying him, hey, is there anything that I could be praying for you about? Well, no, because that'd be an awkward conversation.
What if they say no? Then they say no. And it's awkward, but are we willing to be awkward for God? Are we willing to have those situations where we are in this awkward circumstance for maybe two minutes? And just say, oh, okay, no worries, I'm I'm sorry. Um, And then maybe just pray a generic prayer for them afterwards. But I think you'll be shocked at the amount of people that will say yes to just something as simple as prayer. Because ultimately people have a desire for something in their lives, but they don't realize what it is. And if we can show them the light of Christ through our hearts being on fire and allow our lives to be on purpose for God, then maybe, just maybe, we can change somebody's life and allow them and invite them with us to spend an eternity in heaven with God. I'm going to let Angela close us out in a song, and I'm going to come up to be able to pray for us. Ushers, you guys can go ahead and start um, passing the baskets here. If you guys want to know more about having intimacy with God, come have a conversation with me afterwards. This Forge Kingdom Building Ministries place that I went to gave me so many tools on how to learn how to do this. And I'd love to be able to share some of those tools with you guys. But also, next year, Pastor Kerry will be going to deep camp again. Mark your calendars for it, because I promise you, it'll be a time that God can change your life and teach you to have a heart on fire and life on purpose for God.